0: Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet. So you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Guy Relford, pinch hitting for Big Nige. And Guy, are you one of those people that was very upset? You couldn't sleep at night. Your feelings were hurt. Because Tucker Carlson was going to interview Vladimir Putin? <laughs>
1: no, no, no. I I was more upset when I found out uh, Tucker Carlson uh, wasn't going to be on Fox anymore. <laughs> so I was much, a lot more upset about that. But no, I I, I was interesting because I knew it would be a good interview, and I knew um, he would he would ask tough questions, and I was fascinated to hear what Putin would have to say.
0: And what was interesting to me is even before the interview happened. And if you missed it, we're going to play some sound of that coming up here in just a moment, but you had people on CNN literally close to tears because Tucker Carlson was about to interview Vladimir Putin even though Abby Phillip herself and we played this soundbite on our show a couple days ago, admitted CNN has been trying to interview Vladimir Putin for a while and they couldn't gain any traction. But now, since Tucker Carlson did it, and he's somebody that's not employed by one of the major cable news networks now, I think it frightens the establishment news networks that this
1: guy with a Twitter show got the biggest interview in the world. Yeah, and I don't even understand what the basis of that criticism is. I mean, is it that, what, we, he's he's now somehow a Putin sympathizer because he's going to sit him down and ask him tough questions? Well, that's
0: what they were saying. That yeah. was the angle at, they were at, or- using
1: to well, show their jealousy. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding there, which is you know what's what what happened in the interview. I didn't um I didn't I went back and, and watched snippets of it. I didn't watch the whole thing uh, front to back. Uh, but I, he was not coddling Putin. He was not sympathetic toward Putin. He wasn't trying to justify Putin's position. I I don't think there was anything there that we you would say oh now suddenly Tucker Carlson has jumped into to Vladimir Putin's camp
0: right 100 percent right there's a lot of jealousy that tucker got this interview because a lot of the mainstream media folks at the national level they feel threatened by the rise of guys like tucker carlson and joe rogan and people like that you know don lemon you know even on the liberal side took his show now to twitter after being fired from cable news and you know, there's a lot of people that do really well. Megyn Kelly has completely reinvented herself with her social media programs, and she's getting more eyeballs
1: now than she ever did when she worked at Fox. Exactly. But you know what? Let me throw something out there. I mean, you know this is this is completely hypocritical because let's let's just take some – let's say, what if Rachel Maddow got a call here a few years ago and it was, it was Osama bin Laden who said, you know what, I'm in hiding, but we're going to blindfold you and fly you to my secret location. I want to give you an exclusive interview with me and, and talk to you about why I uh, committed the atrocity of 9-11. You don't think she would have done that in a heartbeat? She should have done that she in She should have done 100%.
0: that. 100%. And I think it's okay to be interested in what the other side has to say. Right. Does it make you a sympathizer? Precisely. You know, I don't like Vladimir Putin. I think he's a murderer. I think he's a scumbag. He tries to be a bully thug at the international level. But I am curious as to what he has to say, because we're only getting one side of the story here in America. We're only hearing from Zelensky where – You know, depending on who you are, you either want to put a cape on him and make him Superman or you want to go ask him for some of your money back. Yeah, right. (laughs) So let's get into it here. Uh, This was Tucker Carlson chatting with Vladimir Putin. Now, what you're going to hear is the translator obviously speaking for Vladimir Putin. And I've tried to make this as compact as possible so there's not a lot of awkward silence. Uh, Vladimir Putin asked about why there aren't peace talks between Russia and Ukraine.
2: The president of Ukraine has legislated a ban on negotiating with Russia. He signed a decree forbidding everyone to negotiate with Russia. But how are we going to negotiate if he forbade himself and everyone to do this? We know that he is putting forward some ideas about this settlement. But in order to agree on something, we need to have a dialogue. Is that not right? When was the last time you spoke to Joe Biden? I cannot remember when I talked to him. I do not remember. We can look it up. You don't remember? (laughs) No. Why? Do I have to remember everything? I have my own things to do. We have domestic political affairs. Well, he's
3: funding the war that you're fighting so i would think that would be memorable
2: well yes he funds but i talked to him before the special military operation of course and i said to him then by the way i will not go into details i never do but i said to him then i believe that you are making a huge mistake of historic proportions by supporting everything that is happening there in ukraine by pushing russia away
0: so this little dialogue here between putin and tucker goes on for a while Again, the interview is over two hours long, but we start going down this little rabbit hole of communication, communication between Russia and Ukraine and communication between Russia and the United States.
3: From the outside, it seems like this could devolve or evolve into something that brings the entire world into conflict and could um, initiate some a nuclear launch. And so why don't you just call Biden and say... Let's work this
2: out. What's there to work out? It's very simple. I repeat, we have contacts through various agencies. I will tell you what we are saying on this matter and what we are conveying to the US leadership. If you really want to stop fighting, you need to stop supplying weapons. It will be over within a few weeks. That's it. And then we can agree on some terms. Before you do that, stop. What's easier?
1: I heard you chuckling a little bit, Guy Relford. What's going through your mind? Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, you know, cut off the Ukrainians so we can steamroll them, you know, we can bomb them into oblivion with no viable defense, and, and then it'll be over. We will have emerged victorious, and then we'll discuss a resolution with you. Well, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Again,
0: you don't have to like Vladimir Putin, and I'm not suggesting that you do, but Hearing this back and forth is rather interesting, hearing his perspective from it.
1: Oh, yeah. and even, <laughs> I, I was also chuckling when he said special military operation. It's not an invasion. Right. It's a special military operation. Oh Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure all, all those people who have died there think it's very special.
0: Here is uh, Tucker Carlson asking Vladimir Putin about something that Chuck Schumer said this past week. If you remember, and we played the audio multiple times on our show, Chuck Schumer was doing the media tour and was trying to drum up support for giving more of your money to Ukraine and he basically stated if you don't do this who knows maybe in a couple of years it's your sons and daughters fighting over there tucker asked vladimir putin about that
3: one of uh, our senior united states senators from the state of new york chuck schumer said yesterday i believe that we have to continue to fund the ukrainian effort or <laughs> us soldiers, citizens could wind up fighting
2: there. How do you assess that? This is a provocation and a cheap provocation at that. I do not understand why American soldiers should fight in Ukraine. There are mercenaries from the United States there. The bigger number of mercenaries comes from Poland, With mercenaries from the United States in second place and mercenaries from Georgia in third place. Well, if somebody has the desire to send regular troops that would certainly bring humanity to the brink of very serious global conflict. Do the United States need this? What for? Thousands of miles away from your national territory. Don't you have anything better to do? You have issues on the border, issues with migration, issues with the national debt, more than 33 trillion dollars you have nothing better to do, so you should fight in Ukraine, wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia? Make an agreement?
0: Is there anything Vladimir Putin said that's incorrect, Guy Ralford?
2: Well, that's the thing, no, right? I
1: mean, he laid out our problems pretty well that the American media doesn't even report on, like the national debt, which could be completely catastrophic in our lifetime. Um, and no, so I mean you know he's not he's not lying now, obviously um, his point is we'll only negotiate after the U.s stops supporting Ukraine and we emerge victorious at which point there's nothing to negotiate. And that's why you know I, it, 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 there's there's negotiation and there's good faith negotiation. He's clearly not willing to do the latter.
0: It is though interesting. and Rob Kendall, I think, asked this question on his program earlier today, Kendall and Casey. What has the United States gotten in return for all of this money we've given Ukraine? Because Russia is still winning this war. We're just prolonging the inevitable. There's no paper trail that the money we've given has actually helped. We don't know where a lot of this military weaponry is. Some of it's on the black market. And I just wonder, what has the United States received in return? And I don't want to hear the answer of, well, Russia hasn't taken over Ukraine. If they take over Ukraine, they're going to take over the rest of the world.
1: They're not going to take over the rest of the world. That's something ridiculous people say. Well, that's something that's horribly absent, Um in the analysis uh, in Washington, any anytime they're, anytime they're doling out all this money, including billions and tens and tens of billions of dollars, there's no discussion of ROI, return on investment. Right. I mean, that's what there should always be. I mean, you're just spending money. The first question ought to be, what do we get back in return? And there ought to be a specific message to the American people of this is the advantage to our country and the american people that we're getting out of spending these tens of billions of dollars. And when's the last time you ever heard that expl- explanation? All you get is like you said, well, you know, it's going to be like, you know, Hitler rolling through Europe if we don't do stand up and do this. Which is
0: ridiculous.
1: Which exactly. So you're talking about what's the return on investment of Ukraine Uh, being able to resist this Russian invasion. And I've never heard anybody even attempt to explain that. And when we're printing all this money just to send over there and adding to the national debt,
0: think about what just half of the money we've given Ukraine could do for the Southern border of this country. Just think about the amount of security border wall. But the thing is the people in charge don't want that. They don't want that at all. Uh, One last clip here before we go to traffic. Um, I thought this was pretty interesting. Tucker Carlson calling out Vladimir Putin you know, right to his face about imprisoning a Wall Street Journal reporter, a young reporter who is uh, sitting in a Russian jail.
3: I'll ask you one last question, and that's about someone who's very famous in the United States, probably not here, Evan Gershkovitz, who's the Wall Street Journal reporter. He's 32, um, and he's been in prison for almost a year. Uh, this is a huge story in the United States, and I just want to ask you directly— without getting into the details of it or your version of what happened, if as a sign of your decency you would be willing to release him to us and we'll bring him back to the United States.
2: We have done so many gestures of goodwill out of decency that I think we have run out of them. We have never seen anyone reciprocate to us in a similar manner. However, in theory, we can say that we do not rule out that we can do that. If our partners take reciprocal steps. And to Tucker's
0: credit, he kept going and he asked Vladimir Putin, why don't you release him? I'll take him home. We'll take him home with our crew. Obviously, Vlad didn't play ball.